Hello, I'm Jake Thorne, and welcome to another edition of the American Sheep Industry Association's Research Update. In the U.S., sheep producers have a variety of production expectations for their flocks, be it to produce lamb and or wool, or even grazing for environmental stewardship. Regardless of what your flock output targets are, a crucial component of successfully meeting these goals is that your sheep have adequate energy reserves. Regular body condition scoring is something we all should be practicing to ensure our animals are in proper shape to accomplish whatever it is we're asking them to do. To help us understand the various ways body condition scoring can enhance our management, we have asked Dr. Clay Elliott, a small ruminant technical consultant with Purina and longtime sheep producer and academic to give us the latest scoop on using BCS to optimize the health and productivity of our flocks. Dr. Elliott, thanks so much for being with us here today. Hi, Jake. Thanks for letting me be involved today. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So, Dr. Elliott, that introduction was brief. I, I was wondering um, if you could provide us a little bit more background about yourself. You have such a diverse background in the sheep industry as a sheepman, as an academic, like I mentioned, and in your role with Purina. We'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Sure. Well, I grew up in uh, northeastern Wyoming in a little town called Newcastle. Uh, we lived about 35 miles out in the country, and um, we had a very diverse, uh, I had a diverse upbringing. We had uh, uh, cattle and sheep and a few show pigs and some horses, uh, quarter horse mares. And um, I tell you what, I, I showed all of those species, and I went on to, to junior college at Casper, Wyoming, and was on a livestock judging team, and uh, then onward to Colorado State University, where I received a bachelor's degree and uh, was on a, a very successful judging team there. Um, moved on to Texas Tech University and received both my master's in, in uh, meat science and muscle biology, uh, as well as a PhD in reproductive physiology based around the ovine species. So those are, that's kind of my academics. Uh, I trained collegiate livestock judging teams for uh, nearly 20 years. Um, and have also been involved in raising show lambs here with my family uh, in Oklahoma, um, even in New Mexico and Oklahoma, both when I was at both of those institutions. Um, but anyway, I grew up on a commercial uh, sheep deal. We had a, roughly a thousand head of white face ewes. Um, and then as I got just a little older, while well, we diversified and had a few black face ewes as well for some of the show lamb stuff. But Anyway, I've been involved. I, I want to be involved, and so um, just uh, very glad to be here and want to ex explain some info to these folks if we can. Excellent. Well, we really appreciate you being here with us. And so we're, we're going to dive right in, um, if you don't mind. Uh, so body condition scoring is a visual way to determine fat and, and muscle cover of sheep. In general, why is it important for sheep to have optimal stores of these tissues? Um, that's, a, that's a really good question, and I think that a lot of producers um, should take advantage of the ability to take a look and make sure that those gals are at least in moderate body condition, and really what that means is that those gals are, are acceptable, okay? They're not too mm -hmm. thin, they're not too fat, and we want them somewhere in between. That, that body condition scoring chart is a one through a five, one is, one is the thinnest, uh, five being obese, and, and we don't want either end of that spectrum in all reality. Um, but the reason we want to do this is, is to enhance productivity. Um, it plays such a huge role in reproduction. It plays a huge role in immune uh, 
uh, support. Um, if we get those gals too thin, why the first thing that's gonna go is reproduction. They're not going to breed. If they do breed, we're gonna have singles. We're gonna have a significant number of opens as well. And then we're gonna start to see some health risk as well. Those gals are, are going to struggle to uh, fight off any kind of sickness or disease that they're exposed to on a daily basis. But on the other hand, if we have those gals at a five, why um, they're obese, they're too fat, and they're also not going to breed, and we're going to have more trouble with those gals getting out and, and moving and, and things like that because they're going to get uh, out of shape and, and certainly way too fat. So we, we see some problems with obesity when those gals, uh, uh, we see it in their udders if they're too fat, they don't uh, milk properly. Um, and then, of course, the, the ability to rebreed is also still an issue if they're obese, too. So too thin and too fat is definitely an issue relative to our productivity. Sure, absolutely. And we'll get into a little bit more about what's ideal uh, as far as a score. But before we get there, I wanted to ask you, why is condition scoring a more effective management tool than just taking a body weight? Well, because uh, those gals are, are different in size, right? Those, those old females could be 125 to, a, you know, 165 or 70 pounds. And, you know, if a 125 pound, you probably doesn't require as much feed or input as a, as a larger you would. And so just by simply weighing them, we could have a large skinny one that is not going to, to, to reproduce or not be productive for us. So to independently evaluate each and every one of those gals or, or at least a, um, a small group of a, a random segment of those used to give us an idea uh, where we're at, I would certainly recommend it. You know, if you're running bands and bands of those gals, it's a, it's a challenge to take a look at all of them. And I get that. But man, once those old girls come up to water sometime, there's a small group of them. Why take an assessment of those girls and just run a, run a rough idea. Is that a body condition score? Two, a three, a one? Um, are, are the big U's acceptable in body condition versus the smaller U's, et cetera? So sure, absolutely. Uh, good question. Yeah. And now for some of our listeners who may be unfamiliar with condition scoring or, or those who just want a, a review, uh, could you explain the process of taking that BCS and what are the, the targets? What are we shooting for? Sure. The uh, body condition score one, as I stated just a moment ago, that's they're, they're too thin. Those old gals are skinny and um, we're, we're going to sacrifice some production uh, if they're that, that far. And what that means is their hip bones are standing way up. We can count their ribs. We can see their spine. Um, those gals are emaciated. They're, they're thin and rough and um, you, uh, they're just, they're skeletons, walking skeletons, basically. Sure. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, if we have a five, which is the, the, the most obese or the fattest, why everything is smooth. Those gals are, are smooth over their, their ribs. Their hip bones are not prominent. You, um, you can't see their spines whatsoever. And, and those gals just are very, very thrifty. And then somewhere in between is probably where we would like our females to be, somewhere between a two and a four. If those gals are a two, I would say that they certainly could use a little bit of some, uh, some management, some input, some extra feed uh, to maybe move those gals to a two and a half to somewhere in a two and a half to a three and a half is probably what I would probably deem ideal. Um, I, I don't think that those gals have to be um, 
like I said, smooth and chubby in order to be productive. Um, as a matter of fact, that's actually wasteful. We're, we're probably giving away some feed there that we probably don't need. Um, so to me, a body condition score two and a half to a three, three and a half is somewhere in the right realm. Four gets to be a little smoother looking. Those hip bones are, are certainly covered at that point as well. So if we're in a two and a half to a three, we still see a little bit of rib. We could still see just a little bit of prominence to their hook bones. Um, we're not going to see their spine very well in that area, though. Um, so just, a, to me, a smooth, um, healthy look. Um, you know, you, you folks are all um, agriculturalists and, and Man, when you can look in their eyes and kind of see if they're bright-eyed and their ears are up and they're they're doing well, why? Um, and they're and they're smooth in their body condition, why? Man, things are good. They've got yeah. enough forage out there. So. Absolutely. Now, I, you know, we've all looked out there and seen you know an older you who's who's healthy, but just a little bit more prominent in their spine or in their hip, and and just kind of age. So, do adjustments in the scoring need to be made when you consider the age of the animal um, that you're taking the score on? You know, that, that is a hard question, and mm -hmm. I think a very good question. I, I really think that as long as um, those gals are in a, in a body condition score, that they are healthy and they have plenty of energy to get out and move and graze, why maybe, maybe that particular you needs to be a two or a little better. Uh, maybe she's okay. Yeah. Um, I, I tell you what's the only concern that I have in my mind about that is, you know, just because she, she looks healthy and she's doing good, um, is she bred right. and will she breed? And to me, that's, if we have open ewes running out there on the, on grass, why we're in trouble. We're not making money. And right. so bottom line, you know, if that gal has produced in that same body condition before, well, great. She's a, she's a low input, easy keeping kind that doesn't require as much. And that's awesome. We probably need more of those. But if we do sacrifice some productivity, if she's only given us a single um, and we, we would like her to, to have twins, uh, and we maybe need to enhance a little bit of, of nutrition for her. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, maintaining our focus on, on the U base or the U flock, when and how often should producers be taking body condition scores? Uh, I, I, would, I would tell you that I think it's important that you at least look at those gals once a month and just take a look at them. I mean, uh, definitely it is uh, regarding forage quality. And if you know dang good and well that uh, we're getting plenty of rain and that grass is good, those gals are probably in a moderate body condition. Um, so maybe we don't have to get out there, but I tell you, in most places that I've been here this, this summer, Jake, uh, they're struggling for rain. They need some feed. And so I, I really think that this time of year, you, you probably be paying attention. You need to get out and check those gals. Uh, if, we're, if we're in a potential drought situation, those gals could be struggling right before our eyes. And, and so we need to do some supplementation. Uh, to help get them through. But monthly, I think is good. If we're in a, in a, in a tougher environment, maybe we need to get out there at least every couple of weeks and just get our eyes on them and make sure that we don't have those gals too thin. Sure. Absolutely. Now you talked about the benefits of being in proper condition score during breeding or during lactation. Uh, but I'm curious about the rest of the year. Are there fluctuations in what is the desirable condition score 
Uh, in the rest of the production cycle, maybe not right before breeding or, or lactation, but those dry times or, or later in gestation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I actually, um, once we once we wean those girls, I, I think it's probably an okay decision to, to maybe back those gals off just a little bit if they're in real good body condition um, and let them dry up good. So that way we can maybe reduce our mastitis issues and things like that. Um, but I, I, I'm a firm believer in not letting them scales get, get thin, okay? And let's not let them get skinny because it takes us that much more money and input to get them back in shape to breed. So, you know, if we need to let those gals dry up for three weeks or a month after we wean, I, I'm in favor of that. But let's not get too carried away because the, the biggest cost or expense that we will have is getting those gals back in shape once we've let them get too thin. Right. So input costs raise when we're trying to push. Yeah. So be careful there. Sure. So what are our supplemental nutrition options for increasing body condition score? And, and how might those change if we want to increase the, the score of our flock, uh, you know, a few members or the entire flock? What are, we, what are we looking at as far as supplements? Yep. That's a great question. And I appreciate you asking that one, Jake. And I, and I tell you, we at Purina, we, we've been trying real hard to, to figure out how to help some of, some of the commercial range flock operators. And, and we've been working on some, some uh, feedlot things to, to help those lambs come in in a little better shape and be willing to eat just a little better. But to answer your question, one of the things that we have worked on is something called an Accuration high fat block. And that is a, that is a tub. It's a 25% protein, 10% fat uh, block that has extruded fat nuggets in it. And what that thing does is we can set that out in the range, either as a tub or even as a, as a 200 pound cardboard block. And it's a self-fed product with a limiter in it. And so those gals will eat anywhere from a half a pound per head per day to roughly one pound total um, to help supplement their body condition. And so the 25% protein actually really helps in terms of when forage declines in the fall of the year or if we're in a drought and forage uh, quality is pretty poor. Um, and it will certainly help there to increase protein levels. But really, I think the unique part of this particular tub is, a, is the fat component. There's, there's just not very many tubs, or, or if any, that I know of that has 10% fat. And the reason for it is because we have the opportunity to create a, a, an extruded nugget. And what that means is like a, almost like kibble for a dog. It's an extruded nugget that's dry. It's not, uh, it's not wet and oily like you would assume most fats if we're talking 10% would be. And so that, that's a real neat product and certainly helps those gals in terms of body condition. Uh, it, it helps them pick up very good. But the neat thing is it turns them into snack eaters. So they will come and, and visit that tub maybe five, six, seven times a day and then continue to go out and graze. It drives them to forage, to utilize the forage that you already have. Um, even though it may not have enough punch to get them um, bloomy enough or in the proper body condition to maximize production, it, it, this will certainly help as a, as a uh, supplement for that. So we're real proud of that product and, and we, we think it works extremely well. Sure, absolutely. Now thinking about uh, the product you described or even some other supplemental sure, options. Sure, there's a lot of them. That have high energy, you know, are, would there be some consequences 
uh, if a producer tries to increase body condition score too rapidly? Oh, sure. Yep. And if, if we were to just take a corn truck out there, for instance, uh, man, we, we would see a lot of acidosis. We would see scours. Uh, we would see all, all of the above in terms of problems that we see with rumen upset. And so that's why um, this tub is so unique is because it does have that limiter. And so they, they, they only snack eat. And, and the, really the cool thing, if you want to go into just a little bit of, of rumen talk, why um, those animals are the most efficient when we can keep their rumen towards neutral. Okay, and not as far into the acidic column as, as what we see every time we supplement them with basically a corn or a grain or any kind of a carbohydrate. When, when we slug feed those animals, their, their pH in their rumen drops very quickly. And then it takes seven, eight, 10 hours for it to get back to neutral. But with the particular tub that I'm talking about, this Accuration high fat block, it only will drop uh, slightly because they're only taking small bits of that supplement on and then it drives them to forage. So we're pushing them back out to eat and then they'll go lay down and ruminate and then they'll come back and try the tub again for a couple of bites. So, so we don't have as drastic of an upset as what you would see if we were going to try to slug feed those gals, maybe even, right. you know, once a day or once every couple of days, something like that. We, we certainly see some, some rumen problems in that particular, uh, way of feeding. Sure, absolutely. Okay, how about a situation where um, you know, the, the flock is actually on average in pretty good condition, but maybe 10% or, or even less of those ewes are too thin. How yeah. do we go about uh, approaching supplementing just a, a, you know, a very small subset of those females? Sure. Or is there, you know, is there a magical line that basically you say, you know what, we should probably just cull these ewes and not try to go through the trouble of, of increasing their condition. Right. I think that's an awesome question. Also, Jake, you've got all kinds of good ones coming at <laughs> me. The, uh, that 10% of those gals that are too thin, you know what? I, I think that's in the producer's ball court as to what they, they, they think they should do or what's the best for them. But if they're continuously, uh, that 10% are the same, roughly the same 10% Repeat offenders. time and time and time again, why, we all know that they might be better off at the stockyards versus out here trying to make them reproduce. But there, there are times that we could have a young two-year-old you that, uh, or a group of those that lambed. Maybe she had twins or maybe she actually fought through and had triplets on her and she did her part, but she's too thin. And, and you know, man, hats off to her. She did a right. bang up job. We need to try to keep that gal in production. And so that's really where I think these tubs will, will kind of fit right in too, because we're, we're not competing for feed when we turn these tubs out. They actually can visit those things as, as much or as little as they need to. And, and it's, it's kind of ironic that they're really kind of chubby or the ewes that are in, in very good shape. They, they traditionally won't hit it quite as hard as those ones that need it. It's a real interesting yeah. Um, theory and we've done a lot of work with these tubs but those thin use they have the ability to go and utilize that thing as much as they need to to get them back in proper condition and and then once we get them kind of in good shape why well, they'll back back off just a little too so it, it's a pretty interesting tub and like I said that limiter does make a huge difference in that so I, I think that you folks um, that are listening if, if you've not seen the tub or heard of it um, and I, I think that it does play a role in trying to keep these old gals in, in moderate condition for sure. Sure, absolutely. 
Okay, I'd like to revisit this idea about the relationship between reproduction and condition score. Uh, you know, we've all heard, and, and you mentioned even earlier in this recording, uh, the, the tool of, of flushing and, and how that can potentially increase conception rate or the number of multiple births. So what are the physiological differences and why is the flushing response greater in a ewe that's going from a condition score of two or two and a half up to a three versus a ewe that's a three and a half going up to a four? Right. Well, um, I tell you, when, when those gals are already in proper body condition, the, the last thing they need is more fat on their skeleton. That's yeah. for dang sure. It does work against them reproductively. Um, the, the, the really neat thing about it, when we start talking about um, ewes that are, are thinner and we're trying to increase them, um, the, the fat itself is actually a, a precursor for cholesterol. And cholesterol is actually one of the things that ramps up our reproductive sex hormones. And so if we can do that in, in ewes that are in slightly less than moderate condition, we see a significant boost in, in twinning rates. We see a significant boost in conception on first service. Um, and if we can do that, why we can increase our weaning weights because we might have an extra 21 days of growth on them. Uh, versus their contemporaries. And so there's some real, real neat things as to why, uh, what it does. Now, once we have those gals at a body condition score three and a half or maybe even a four, and we're trying to push them to more, the obesity thing comes in and, and we just honestly can't um, get those gals to reproduce because we just got too much fat laid into their to their reproductive tract and in, inside their pelvis and things like that too that just work against us. Um, there, there's an old adage that we talk about some, and that's with uh, female marathon runners that are that are too thin they don't cycle, and, and it's the same thing when we see ob obesity in humans. Why those females don't cycle either, mm -hmm. and so somewhere in between that in that window is where we will see the greatest form of productivity relative to repro. Sure. Okay, but let's think about uh, gestation now. Are condition score targets for single or twin bearing use, are those the same? And if they aren't, why is that? Yep. Well, obviously, if we have ewes that are only carrying one versus feeding two inside of her, um, the, the nutritional requirements are much different. The, mm -hmm. the one with the singles probably not getting stressed near as hard nutritionally as one with multiple births inside of her. And so that, that is a challenge. And, and, and if you folks have that ability to, to ultrasound and do some sorting for your singles versus your, your twins or multiple bearing ewes, why, I think that's a smart move because those gals that have more lambs in them are going to get thinner quicker because they're trying to feed more babies. Now, I think it's still important that we take care of those ewes that are carrying singles also, because we talk about um, something here called um, uh, prenatal programming is something that we talk about some and what's going on in each of the trimesters. And really and truly, even though um, the genetics are laid down without proper nutrition, through gestation, we may not be able to, to uh, expose all of the genetics to their maximum level. And so I, I'm a firm believer in, in, in keeping those gals through gestation in, in acceptable body condition also and, and keep some supplementation out for those gals too, because 
really and truly in the first trimester, we're working on organ development. Second trimester, in a nutshell, we're talking about the muscle and the performance and our average daily gain. And, and some of those things are actually being expressed right there in our second trimester. And then, of course, the third trimester, we're, we're finishing up those organs and, and we're growing that fetus. So um, in a nutshell, I mean, we could go into much greater detail, Jake, as to what's going on in each trimester. But in a nutshell, those are kind of some of the things. And if we're, if we let those gals suffer and let them get thin and eat one or all of those, why we're actually um, working against ourselves. Um, those gals are not going to be able to generate the same healthy lambs, the same growing um, lambs that uh, have more muscle and more performance, et cetera. So um, some help during gestation, I sure believe is critical. Sure, absolutely. Okay, and you alluded to it earlier, I think, when we were talking about uh, the tubs as a supplement. Uh, can we use body condition scoring in lambs? You know, we've covered the, the UFLOC, but can we condition score lambs as well? And when is an effective time to, to do so? Sure, we can body condition score those young ones too. And um, I tell you, uh, <laughs> That, that's a good question, and I think of a, a number of, uh, of different reasons and, and, and ways to do that, but um, to me, I think a, a really good indication of body condition score in those lambs to kind of get an idea of how those ewes are doing as, as, a, as a mom and milking and et cetera. You know, if those old lambs are, are stout and bloomy when those things are four or five weeks of age, that's a real good indication that mom has done her job, that we've done a good job of, of supplying mom with enough energy to milk and lactate. So, so I like that thought. Now, what about um, when we're farther into the summer and we're thinking, you know, weaning's not far away. Um, right now with the drought in the West, why I'm sure we're gonna start seeing lambs come off of pasture much earlier than normal because they're thin, they need some help, they need some nutrition, and there's not enough out there, um, out in the country, out in the pastures for them. And so, man, if we're out there and we notice that those things are, are starting to show us some hip bone and, and some spine, why, there's no reason to keep them out there, guys. We're, we're fixing to lose more of those lambs if they get thin than we would if we brought them in and weaned them and got them onto some feed or shipped them to the feeders or whatever it is that our plan is. So I think prior to weaning, I think, you know, four or five weeks of age um, and maybe prior to weaning are, are two real good indications that can help us not only with our ewes, but with those lambs too. Sure. Now for a, a ewe, you know, a high, en high energy concentrate, a, a little bit of that is a, is a helpful supplement, but is that still a good choice to increase condition on a lamb? particularly yep. right before weaning. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, that's a good question. And, and I, I would say, will those lambs eat that? Yes, they will eat it and it's not going to hurt them. Um, but prior to weaning, um, it, it kind of depends on, in my opinion, what the plan is once we get them weaned and what we're going to do with them. Sure. So we, we are working on a very interesting concept uh, in my opinion, and that's a, like a receiving tub, much like what we've talked about uh, for these lambs. And it's a 14 protein, 10 fat, but has uh, all kinds of immune boosters and some things like that, Jake. Um, so uh, what that is, is if, if we're bringing those gals down to lower ground and we're gonna let them settle in, those ewes and those lambs settle in for a day or two before we uh, pull them into the pins and put them on a truck to go somewhere. 
um, drop those tubs out there and get those animals kind of some quick energy. Um, we're, we're not going to increase body condition or change that, but what we're trying to do is, is set them up for success from a receiving standpoint so that we don't have as many sick lambs and we, we can get those lambs to go to feed much faster once we do have them in a yard or, or we have them weaned in our, in our own pens or whatever. And so that, that's one form. We also, uh, I'm a firm believer in a, in a high roughage type of a pellet. If those animals know how to eat, and that's really where the drawback is, is, you know, how, how do we teach those young lambs that have never seen a feed bunk to eat? Um, and that's where I think that tub kind of works in. If we've been using them with mom some, why it's not a foreign concept, but we do have a, a starter ration, a high roughage starter that has done very well because it's highly palatable. And those lambs are looking for, for forage, right? They're looking for roughage. And so it smells like roughage, it tastes like roughage, and so we can get them on pretty quick. But relative to increasing body condition, um, we, we could creep feed those lambs, and I would love to see that um, because that would certainly help um, those feeders and reduce uh, shipping fever and reduce the number of days that we have uh, getting those lambs on to feed once they arrive in a feed yard. Um, I tell you, if we could implement even a, a low energy, high roughage creep feed for those lambs, even, you know, maybe even as little as two to three weeks before we wean them, I think that it would substantially impact um, the number of death loss, uh, the number of sickness, the number of lambs that we have to treat after we get them off that truck, um, maybe even the number of lambs that we lose on the truck. So I think that there's some, some opportunity. And, and I know that, Jake, one of the first things that some of these large producers are thinking is like, well, I wouldn't mind creep feeding them, but how the heck do I do it? I'm on, I'm on forest ground. I can't take supplemental feed to them, et cetera. And I get that. And so, man, I guess I'm looking for some feedback from some of these folks that are listening is, you know, where do we fit? How can we help you guys to, to do some things like that? I mean, we want to help. We want to, we want to try to be involved in this sheep uh, industry as much as we possibly can. And so there are options. I'm sure there are opportunities and I'm sure folks have maybe got some ideas, but if we just have them on our own, uh, on our own ground and we can cre feed them just a little bit, I think the dividends would be enormous. Absolutely. Okay. How about on a set of replacement ewe lambs? Um, let's think, you know, a little post weaning up to maybe a year of age or so. Condition scoring those ewe lambs, how important is that? And, and are there some real drawbacks if we get them too, particularly too fat? Sure. There's a, there's a fine line in that. There's an art to, I think, developing quality ewe lambs. I really do because um, we want to maximize growth and performance the best that we right. can. We would like to get those gals big and stout and ready to go back as replacements and breed up quickly and et cetera. Um, drawback to it is if we start shoving too much nutrition down them, why we get them too fat, they become obese. And then we have that fat laid into their udders. We have it laid into their pelvises. And then we have kind of set ourselves up in the future for more problems. And so I think a good growing ration is what we need for those gals. Uh, something that uh, does not allow those females to get obese, as you're talking about, and, but provides enough energy and enough protein to keep them growing. 
So I, I think a, a wonderful question. And, and which products are those? Why I know that most folks have got some kind of a either a uh, pelleted ration or they are grinding and mixing something of their own to develop their use. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. But um, all of those are great. The, the idea though is to keep them growing. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17% protein, probably plenty good enough. Um, I guess to me, if we want extra growth, the energy is what's going to push more growth to us. And so, you know, somewhere in a two and a half to a 3% fat uh, might be um, adequate enough to keep those gals moving. So, you know, something in that range, but uh, depending on your forage quality too, and what you're doing would depend on your protein level of your feed. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Let's hit on the, the last segment of the flock that we haven't discussed yet. How about ram body condition scoring? What are our optimal targets uh, for our bucks? And, and when is it critically important for them to be in a good BCS score? And, and when is it? it? Yeah. Good question. And you know what? I think that that's a, that could be just a, a little controversial in all rea yeah. reality, because I think that um, some folks would say, you know what, I've got those bucks in pretty good shape because I wanted them to, to have the ability to melt just a little bit while they're out on the range and have some extra on them. And, and then they, they find that, holy cow, they, they melt very rapidly or, or they're too fat and they want to go find the shade tree. Right. And so neither of those are optimal. Um, but on the other side of it, um, a body condition score one or two we turn them old rascals out and they might go breed them a handful of ewes and then they're hunting a shade tree too because they're worn out, they're tired, they don't have enough fat reserves and enough energy to, to keep them motivated to go and go to work. So absolutely, you know, in all reality, these old guys are probably more important than even our ewes. And, and I know we probably think about our ewes more, but if our bucks aren't in proper condition, we're not getting any babies, guys. It's a simple fact. And, yeah. and so really and truly, I, I would tell you that I think that a body condition score three and a half um, is probably more ideal than maybe a buck that's in a body condition score two or two and a half. And the reason why I say that is because um, a little bit of extra fat and energy on those guys is not going to last very long. They're going to go out and go to work. And we're going to want those things to, to have some energy to draw from. Uh, when they're out working and we'd like for those guys to to be able to to work and move and still uh, be in moderate body condition um, whereas if we have them too far why they're not going to do their they're just not going to do their work if they're too fat so so somewhere that three and a half is what I think is ideal I think we need to check their hooves we need to make sure that we have those rascals up and ready to go and we need to do that you know, in my opinion, a month before we're going to turn them out, we need to get them wormed. We're going to, whatever, whatever um, strategy you have to get your bucks ready, that stuff needs to be done 30 days really before we turn them out. Sure. Absolutely. I'm going to put you on the spot here with a question. Okay. Uh, do you have any tricks up your sleeve for supplementing or, or keeping a ram in good shape? during breeding season let's say we don't need to necessarily supplement the whole flock or if that's not practical or it's not feasible but do you have any way or, or any suggestions for you know being able to get a little extra energy or a little extra uh, feed to those rams you know during breeding or 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 when those those times when they need to be working but they're just a little thin or, or wearing off those reserves any thoughts there sure 
Well, I, I really believe that that's a good place for that tub for supplemental nutrition as well, because those yeah. bucks will eat that tub just like those ewes will. Uh -huh. um, I, I really feel like that there's, there's a spot out there to keep for those tubs to keep those animals in moderate condition. Um, and the reason why I say that tub is because if the ewes are already on it, man, it's an awesome deal. That buck's going to eat it right there with them. The, the ram will be right there with them taking on just a little bit of nutrition. I'm sure that some folks have, have taken, you know, a little bit of uh, corn of some sort or some kind of grain out there to, to help supplement or even some cubes to help supplement the bucks as well as whatever use might be right around them. But man, that's a challenge. And you guys yeah. all know that, that that's a train wreck waiting to happen <laughs> because you can't, you can't uh, supplement that guy independently yeah. unless you, 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 you pin them, et cetera. And right. yeah. we know that's not going to happen either. And I get yeah. that. So yeah. anyway, do I have a great way? I don't know that I have a great way, Jake, but if that is one way that would get those bucks some nutrition and those use some nutrition as well. Sure, absolutely. Now, how about when the Rams come out? Do we, you know, would you still need to monitor condition score on those guys year-round like we do the use, or, or is there sort of a period there where they, they're kind of on a, you know, a very maintenance-based? Yep. The, the, well, I, I'm a big believer in once we bring those bucks back out um, that we check them. I mean, I think that it's important that we get those bucks back into moderate body condition, but I sure don't think we have to get them back in moderate body condition overnight for sure. Right, so I don't yeah. think there's any reason to, to stress and panic because our, our buck battery's a little thin once they come out of the use. I, I think that it makes more sense to, to gradually increase them, their nutrition and get them up to a, just moderate, you know, a two and a half to a three kind of through the maintenance period, but two and a half might even be better to be honest with you, just to kind of improve them. Sure. And keeping going with a with a high roughage type diet as yeah. well. So okay. absolutely. Okay, we're going to move into some more philosophical questions here, uh, and this one might be a, a hard one to to estimate, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, anyways. Uh, any idea on how many U.S. producers, uh, regardless of of style production, uh, commercial or, or club lamb or whatever, uh, any idea of how many of those U.S. producers are utilizing? body condition scoring as a management tool regularly? Jake, I would, uh, I would take a guess at less than 20%. Yeah. What would you say? I'd be curious. <laughs> that's, that's probably fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think I, that this is something that has been more widely adopted by, you know, the cattle producers or, or the cattle, cattle segment of, of livestock production? I, I do. Absolutely. I, I think that that's uh, uh, they have pushed that much harder. Uh -huh. And I believe that uh, they have seen their fair share of ups and downs too, relative to a high number of, of open cows or open heifers, et cetera, after uh, either a dry year or lack of supplementation during a dry year um, or even breed back. I mean, I think that's critical, just especially if those cows did a really nice job and weaned a heavy calf, why those old gals probably need a little help. And I sure believe that's exactly the same way it is in our business. So mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I just, I think that it's important. I think we need to rethink it. If we're not doing it, I, I don't think we have to do every one of them, Jake. I think a, yeah. a glimpse of a small um, number of those gals as we, like I said, as I, as we see them at the water tank, or if we drive through them and we just, assess a group of them. We got a, a thousand head of ewes in a pasture. Why? 
I don't expect that anybody's going to body condition score all of those. I think yeah. if they would body condition score 20 or 30 of them as they're driving through the pasture on the four wheeler or horseback or whatever, you just kind of take a glimpse and say, wow, those gals maybe could use some help or those gals are doing well. Yeah. So Along those lines, uh, just to give you a little anecdote here, you know, when I was doing a, a little research ahead of this podcast, I, I came across some information uh, about the U Lifetime Management Program in Australia. Uh, and this is an extension program uh, where producers were brought together and taught about a, very, a variety of, of flock management tools to optimize reproduction and, and wool outputs, et cetera. Uh, and then they went back to their own flocks and, and they put these tools into practice. And what struck me was that only 4% of the producers were using condition scoring before the program. But at the wow. end, 94% said that they wow. were implementing it on their farms. And these are big operations. They, I think, sure. represented 800,000 ewes. And, and so thinking about what, is, you know, the context of, of the U.S. And, and what we just talked about, about, you know, maybe 20% at best are using condition scoring. Why aren't more people doing it? And is it just a, a lack of exposure and, and the lack of exposure to the idea? Uh, or, you know, why could it, you know, there, it's something that could be so much more valuable um, if utilized more often. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, Jake, I, I think training is one. Yeah. I, I really believe that um, folks would utilize it if they felt comfortable knowing that your idea of a three and my idea of yeah. a three and, you know, we get a panel of folks together and we say, well, this is what we think a three looks like. Mm -hmm. and this is what we think a two looks like. And so even though I don't perceive any of this to be black and white, uh, I think that we need some guidelines to be honest with you. And I think that um, if folks really thought that, okay, this is what a one looks like, and this is what a five looks like, I could, I maybe could figure out somewhere in between where those U's are supposed to be. Okay. So I, I think really from, from our standpoint of what, uh, you know, from an education point of view, I think we need to do a better job. And then I also, you know, when do we do it? I mean, these folks are busy. I know that these yeah. sheep producers are busy and, and, you know, how do we, how do we gather them up and, and give them a 30 minute or 45 minute training? Because I, I really don't feel like this is something that um, would take hours and hours and days. Right. I yeah. think, a, you know, a, a half a day max would be plenty to get folks kind of on board. Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe that's my biggest thing. And just like in Australia, once they, once they taught them, they went from, what'd you say, four to 94 or yeah, exactly. something like that. I mean, that's, that's insane, but it's useful. And I don't think there's one person on this podcast that would disagree that it's a useful tool. Right. Absolutely. So that's great. Okay. Dr. Elliot, thank you. This has uh, been a, a great discussion. Uh, but before we go, uh, I always try to do this each month. Can you leave our listeners with one important takeaway from our discussion today? What is, what is one thing that you want to leave them with that really um, they can take home and, and ruminate on? Yep. Um, moderate body condition will allow those gals and your bucks to maximize productivity. I would say that that is one takeaway that uh, right. moderate body condition will allow you to maximize production. Absolutely. That, that's something I, I certainly believe in, not only in our little old, um, 600 head farm flock operation, but out there on that range too. I, I, I firmly believe that. Okay, great. 
Well, thank you so much. Uh, this, is, this has been fun and I've really enjoyed listening to your thoughts on this. Um, really important topic and I think you provided our listeners with a, a tremendous amount of information that's really going to be beneficial to them. So I, I really appreciate it. Well, thanks, Jake. Appreciate you thinking of us and uh, thanks for letting me be on board with you today. Sure, absolutely. Well, unfortunately, that about does it for time for us today. Um, but for all of you listeners, if you have enjoyed this or uh, any of our other episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, you'll be alerted each time we put a new episode out monthly. Uh, and so make sure you hit that subscribe button and there, that will really help you in that area. Uh, but we'll be back next September. Uh, until then, remember, eat lamb, wear wool, and never cease to perfect your flock management. Have a nice day.